Hello, this is Pastor Corey Ehrman. You're listening to my podcast. I hope it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you through this teaching. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless. Okay, so we started out by talking about why we need faith. Why do we need faith? Because Hebrews eleven six tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please God. We need faith because how many of you want to please God? Okay, there we go. That's good. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For he, he who comes to God must believe that He is. And it's not enough, of course, to believe because the Bible says even demons believe. Believe and they shudder and they will not be saved, of course. But what is it that God does? He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So God rewards faith. Come on, say this after me. God rewards faith. Amen. And then, of course, we know that the, the just, the righteous shall live by faith. There's many of those, but... Um, we can look at actually Romans 1, 16 and 17. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God on the salvation for everyone who what? Believes. So if you want power released in your life, you have to believe. How, why is it that many Christians don't have power manifesting in their lives? Because they don't believe. They're not believers. They're not doing their job. What's our job? To believe. We are what? Believers. Come on, say this after me. I'm a believer. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a believer. Do your job. Believe. See, when you do your job and you believe, God comes and rewards. And guess what happens? Power is released in your life. So if you want to operate in, the, in power, then you need to believe. And we know that the limitation is not power because we know that the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells within us. The Holy Ghost power, I mean ultimate power. Is in us so what's going to limit that power is lack of faith or the level of our faith so tonight we're going to talk about how to increase and release our faith okay so second Corinthians 5 7 we walk by faith right so what is it we walk by faith not by sight okay uh, no second Corinthians 5 7 we're not doing okay for we walk by faith we regulate our lives and conduct our lives by our conviction or belief, respect the man's relationship to the God with divine things, trust, holy fervor, thus we walk not by sight or appearance. So we walk by faith, not by sight, or we regulate our lives. I like that, what the Amplified says, if you go back, that's really good because we regulate our lives and conduct our lives by faith. That's what it means to walk by faith, okay? How you regulate your life and how you conduct your life. We are to regulate and conduct our lives by faith. And what is faith? It's a conviction. Faith is a conviction that what God's word says is, is the truth, nothing but the truth, so help me God. It's the truth. It's the ultimate. God's word is the highest authority in heaven and earth. And even the Bible tell, says that God has exalted his word above his name. Okay? we know that at the, at the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee must bow and every tongue must conf confess that Jesus is Lord. So what does that mean to exalt his word above his name? Think about that. If his name is the highest authority, right? The name of Jesus. But Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. And what we're thinking is, well, that's the name of Jesus. No, Jesus is the word. So the, the word is the highest authority in heaven and earth. 
There's nothing else that can exceed the authority of the Word of God. I don't care what people say. They can take out their Bibles, cut out chapters, make a holy Bible, cut out all kinds of holes. It doesn't matter. God's Word is forever established, forever settled. What God has spoken, it is forever settled. No man can change it. And whoever thinks they can change God's Word or add to God's Word is a fool. And even the Bible itself, the Word of God itself, ends with that warning. The last few, you know, verses of the book of Revelation says, If anyone adds to this Word or takes away from this Word, let all the curses and judgments written in this book come upon him. I mean, that's a pretty serious deal when you're trying to change God's Word. You can't. Right? Okay. So, we, we regulate our lives, conduct our lives by a conviction and belief. In God's Word uh, amen okay and why my faith because Jesus said to have faith in God mark 11 22 Jesus answered and said to them have faith in God well how are we gonna have faith in God what does it mean to have faith in God it means to have faith in his word right sometimes people get like yeah, I want to have faith in God but what does that mean it means to have faith in his word Whatever he has spoken, whatever you said, that you believe it and you don't doubt it, that's what it means to have faith in God. Amen? Okay, so how do we have faith in God? Have faith in God constantly. Uh, another way to translate that Greek would be have the God kind of faith. Okay, so what is the God kind of faith? It means whatever God has spoken, it's done. And of course, that's in context of, of Jesus cursing the fig tree. He spoke to actually, he didn't say, I curse you, fig tree. He just actually spoke to a fig tree. Remember, he comes to a fig tree. He looks for figs. He's hungry. He can't find any figs. He lifts the, the, the uh, because in the fig tree, the figs, the, the fruit actually comes before the leaves. And he saw a fig tree full of leaves, but no fruit. So it was a fake. It was a fake Christian. Looked like a Christian. But had no fruit of it being a Christian. And Jesus said, let no one eat of your fruit ever again. In other words, you, you know, you're fake. And then, of course, the next day the, the, the tree was withered up from the roots. And the disciples were shocked. They said, look, Lord, Rabbi, Master, Teacher, the, the, the fig tree that you cursed is all dried up. And he says, in replying, he said to them, have faith in God. Or have the God kind of faith. Basically, what Jesus said, the moment I spoke the word, it was done. When I said that no one eat fruit from you ever again, that means that tree was basically eternally condemned to being fruitless and withered up. Basically, he, he, he spoke like death to the tree. And then he says, if you speak to a mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. And when you say it, you don't doubt in your heart, you will have whatever you say. Okay, so that's the operation of faith we've been talking about, is believing with your heart and confessing with your mouth believing with your heart and confessing with your mouth okay um, of course we're justified by faith Romans 4 23 that which is not of faith is sin Ephesians 2 8 we are saved by grace through faith first John 5 4 we overcome the world by faith okay for whatever is born of God is victorious over the world and this is the victory that conquers the world even our faith so how do you overcome how do you walk in victory by faith so a defeated Christian, come on, I know sometimes people don't like me saying this, but I'm not saying it. The Bible is saying it. A defeated Christian is a Christian that's not walking by faith. 
because a victorious Christian is one that overcomes by faith so if you see a Christian that's defeated it means they're full of doubt and unbelief they're not believing God's Word they're not speaking God's Word and then Hebrews 6 12 how do we receive God's promises in order that you may not grow disinterested or and become spiritual sluggards but imitators behaving as do those who through faith by the leading of their entire personality on God in Christ in absolute trust and confidence in his power wisdom and goodness by practice of patient endurance and waiting now inherit the promises don't become sluggish or you know what does that mean your faith can become sluggish think about think about a body doesn't exercise doesn't do any, I mean it's unhealthy it's, it's gonna be sluggish if you want to be fit you're gonna to have to exercise you're gonna to have to run you're gonna to have to you know move come on I mean you're gonna to have to also feed your body the right food it's exactly your faith is exactly the same way your spirit has has to be fed the right food and your spirit man see Bible says you know uh, the flesh profits nothing, you know, nothing but it's the spirit that gives life. And what is it? You know, people exercise their body. They're all buff. They look like Arnold Schwarzenegger on the outside, but they look like P.V. Herman on the inside. I don't know. Maybe that's, that's a name that some of the young'uns don't know. Anybody know what P.V. Herman is? It's like this weak little weaselly, skinny, wimpy. The spirit man, their spirit looks like P.V. Herman, even though they look hey I'm all buff I pump iron but then it's like spiritually the devil just comes and boom he can just just take him out just like that because they look strong on the outside but they're weak on the inside so you gotta you gotta exercise your faith otherwise your faith will become sluggish your spirit man will become sluggish so your faith has to be exercised okay just like you have muscles okay your spirit has muscles okay your faith is actually a muscle did you know that your faith is actually like a spiritual muscle and how do you build physical muscle by weight and by resistance and by repetition exactly how you build your faith by weight by adversity by challenges by your faith being challenged by resistance and by repetition that's how you build your faith you've got to exercise the word amen and you gotta always your faith has always has to be engaged your faith has to have always goals okay you know you go I, I got a goal I'm gonna run you know 10 like 10k today I'm gonna do three reps of 15 biceps whatever you you have to have discipline and goals to build your body and you have to feed it the right food your spirit has to be fed the right food you can't be feeding your spirit popcorn cotton candy and junk food and expect your spirit to be strong and healthy what do you feed your spirit the Word of God okay and so it's through faith and patience you inherit the promises every promise in the Word of God is attainable but it can only be attained by faith and some endurance that means repetition not just a one day because people can be in faith for a day and then the next day they're like oh no you have to be consistent consistently exercising your faith consistently believing the same thing speaking the same thing until you see the fulfillment and the manifestation of whatever God's Word promised you okay all right 
So last week we looked at three kinds of faith. Romans 12, 3 was the measure of faith. For, for uh, by grace, unmerited favor of God given to me, I warn everyone among you not to estimate and think of himself more highly than he ought to, not to have ex an exaggerated opinion of his own importance, but to rate his ability with sober judgment, each according to the degree of faith apportioned by God. For God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. And we saw that of the three kinds of faith, the first one is the measure of faith. This is something that God gives you. See, it says, you look at it in context, through the grace given to me, through the grace given to me, God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. And then right after that, he goes into talking about your calling and your spiritual gifting. So this has to do with your calling and your spiritual gifting. That has been given to you by grace. It's God's gift to you. Whatever, that's why the Bible says gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Because the call of God is God's greatest gift to you. You have to understand the, the highest honor is the call of God in your life. That's the highest honor any man or woman can have is the call of God. That is the most precious, that is the most amazing that i mean that's the greatest thing that you have in your life is the call of god it's greater than anything on earth my calling to me is the most important thing in my life because we're running a heavenly race and so your calling comes with a measure of faith that comes and so what you do is listen when you activate your calling you activate that measure of faith and then you might think, well, you know, my calling is so, so little, you know, I, I, and, you know, my measure is so little. Jesus says, if you have even a mustard seed of faith, you can move a mountain. So don't ever underestimate yourself and don't, also don't overestimate yourself. That's kind of what that scripture is about. Don't underestimate and don't overestimate. Stick to what God's given you. It is powerful. It is powerful. What God has given you is powerful. Because it comes with a divine grace. Okay? So, don't think that, you know, I'm, my calling, you know, I'm not like this. You know, I'm not like Pastor Corey. I'm not like Dr. Rodney Harbour. I'm not like the guys that travel the nations and do crusades with a million people. You know, they just have, you know. No. Guess what? They're going to have to give an account for the measure of faith that God has given to them. You might actually get to heaven and find out that they actually underperformed even though we, we we may think that they are wow look at this ministry you might find out that they were actually underperforming you might find you know so stick to what god's giving you be content with it think soberly don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think don't overestimate yourself and don't also don't underestimate yourself because i see both I see both in Christians' lives. Sometimes they, they just pull back. They, they just don't really step in. They're timid. No, God's not giving you a spirit of timidity. He's giving you a spirit of power, boldness, love, sound mind. Step up. Step into what God has for you. And then sometimes people over it, you know, overestimate themselves. They're trying to do it, things that they, God hasn't called them to do, and they don't have the grace for it. And that's why they struggle. They get burnt out. They get, you know... You know just 
basically they're just you know worn out because they're trying to do it in the flesh okay the second kind of faith is the gift of faith of 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11, the gift of faith. By the, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So this is a manifestation of the Spirit, okay? For one to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit to another word of knowledge through the same Spirit to another faith by the same spirit so that's the gift of faith right there that we see so this is different than the measure of faith this is the gift of faith the gift of faith is like the best way I can explain it is like God takes you turns you upside down shakes you empties out all the doubt and unbelief and then picks you back up and pours into you his own super duper high octane divine Holy Ghost faith it's literally what it is it's literally God gifting you faith and that is always for a special purpose it says it's a manifestation of the Spirit okay so this these are what we call the gifts of the Spirit so this is not something you can operate in all the time the measure of faith you have it it comes with your calling okay but the gift of faith comes for special purposes why do you need the gift of faith for the working of miracles Okay, you see that, that the next one is the working of miracles, gifts of healings to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distrib distributing to each one individually as he wills. So this is according to the, the will of the spirit. Okay, this is not according to your will, this is according to the will this is as the spirit wills so he he chooses whom whenever and how and which one of these nine gifts of the spirit to manifest okay so that's not something the gift of faith is not something that you can always operate in but it is available for you and you can you can believe God for it because the Bible says earnestly desire the best gifts and if it, and if the best gift you need is the gift of faith you can desire it okay so there are three power gifts in those nine the gift of faith healings gifts of healings and the working of miracles those three are the power gifts now how many gifts do you need to raise somebody from the dead all three of the power gifts you need the gift of faith it'll come on you you'll believe that you'll be able to do it you won't even doubt it it's like you just know that you know you're going to raise this person and then you need the working of miracles to actually raise that person from from the dead and then you need the gift of healing for them to get healed from whatever they die from otherwise they'll die again okay so that's why it's so hard and so rare to see the dead raised because you need all three of those gifts in operation okay and the Holy Ghost wills it and go to Romans 10 17 now we're going to talk about the kind of faith that we need to operate on in a daily basis so then faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God okay so this is the kind of faith that can come to each and every person what is this faith based on it's based on hearing God's Word anyone any place any age any level of education any male female young old it doesn't matter anyone can hear the Word of God 
and faith can come to them because this is faith that's based on God's word this is not special faith like the measure of faith or the gift of faith this is faith that every single believer can have okay and this is the kind of faith that we are to operate and conduct our lives by the kind of faith that's based on God's word every single person every single person on the planet and every single Christian believer on the planet has access to the same word is not correct every single one has access to the same Bible and every single one can have faith come to them by hearing this word okay so this is what we call exceedingly growing or increasing faith so let's look at second Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 3 we are bound to thank God always for you brethren as it is fit, fitting because your faith grows exceedingly and the love of every one of you all abounds towards each other so look at that your faith grows exceedingly this is what we call exceedingly growing faith okay faith comes that's that's a revelation right there that faith can come to you amen you can call it uber and it'll come to you but you have to call right so you have to call on god's word it'll come to you when you hear the word it'll come to you and your faith will grow exceedingly that means little word you hear little faith comes to you right a lot of word you hear a lot more faith will come to you so there are levels of faith that you can operate in if your faith can increase and grow that means that's depending on you it's not the measure of faith that's that's been given to you you know you can't exceed that measure it's not the gift of faith that the Holy Ghost can manifest as one of the gifts of the Spirit which could be rare and it could be you know you don't know when that's gonna happen now you can be prepared for that okay and if you're called into the fivefold ministry apostles usually will operate the gift of faith will be on the, on the apostle you look at prophets they'll have the word of wisdom word of knowledge discerning of spirits the revelation gifts it, it comes with their ministry office but not everybody is called some are called apostles some prophets right so the power gifts may not always be in operation in the life of the believer on a daily basis and you can't just be trying to live your life by the gifts you have to live your life by the word you cannot build your life on gifts you have to build your life on the word of God you also can't build a ministry on the gifts you have to build a ministry on the word of God that's always the foundation the word okay your faith grows exceedingly say my faith is going to grow exceedingly because I'm making a decision to hear more of God's word so that more faith will come to me amen and you have to also not you can't just obviously if you come to this church you're gonna hear a lot of word you know that but you also can't rely on that you have to hear the word for yourself every single day that's why this guy here when got himself what I recommended that he gets the complete personalized promise Bible for men you open this it's full of promises this guy James Riddle he took scriptures and categorized them he went and 
did the work for you pretty much dedicated his life doing the work for you and categorized by all these different topics promises in the word of god and wrote out the scriptures and then even put a confession right after each scripture that you can per a personalized com confession jesus has been selected from among men to be my high priest and has been appointed to represent me in matters related to god he is the propitiation for my sins and through him all my gifts are purified and made acceptable when he presents them to our father and that's after reading hebrews 5 1 you know 1 and 5 so it's like me personalized and you confess the word you hear it you speak it you meditate on it and you speak the promises and that's what it means and there's no greater voice than your own voice it's one thing to hear somebody else say the word it's another thing to for you to speak the word for yourself amen who's the greatest voice of faith in your life say I am Moses said who do I tell them sent me I am why because everything God speaks is done he says go tell Pharaoh let my people go the moment God said it that was settled Pharaoh wouldn't be able to do anything about it and Moses would be able to go stand with boldness say let my people go nobody else could do that somebody else could try that probably have their head chopped off but Moses because he was sent by God on an assignment and say this I'm sending you you go tell Pharaoh let my people go well who's sending me who do I say I am so something happens when you take God's Word and speak it there's such authority released in your life powers released in your life by speaking God's Word okay um, Romans chapter 1 16 and 17 sometimes people fight you on this what do you mean my faith can grow never ever will you find in the Bible where it says pray for faith you will not find it you don't pray God give me faith no it's your job to go go to the word only a sluggard will ask for faith give me muscles uh, go work out give me health go eat healthy and, and cut all the garbage food out of your life that's why I don't really believe in this you know there's one there was one guy going around for you know and he was praying for people to have supernatural weight loss and then they'll have have natural weight gain the next day No, I'm serious because it, you, people want to take the easy way out without putting in the work. Has to come and wave a magic wand over me so that everything in my life can be fixed. Oh, you mean everything you spent 30 years messing up? You want me to just fix it in one second? You'll mess it up again. You have to change. And what the word does is it comes and it changes you. And when the change happens on the inside, the change begins to manifest on the outside. Amen. Even physically, the change has to happen on the inside. What's going in has to change. Who's in computers here? We have a terminology. Garbage in, garbage out. 
if you're going and sitting in some religious dead place where they tickle ears or they hardly even preach the word, what's going in is just not going to change you. It's not going to help you. It's not going to strengthen you. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. We looked at this to the Jew first and for the Greek. For in it, what? In what? In the gospel. What is the gospel? The good news. It's the word. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. So you can see revelation from faith to faith. The more revelation, the higher the level of faith you're going to have. So you can grow from faith to faith. So how does faith come? By hearing the word and receiving revelation from it. So what empowers your faith is revelation. Not head knowledge, but revelation knowledge. Not believing with your head, believing with your heart. And when you hear it with your heart and you get revelation, faith comes to you. Faith comes by revelation. Another way to say it is faith comes by revelation. And as revelation increases, you grow from faith to faith to faith to faith. So your faith is going to grow when you have more word in you. We're talking yesterday, um, worship. We're talking about songs. It's how it's become hard to find good songs with solid word and doctrine content. You know why? Because a lot of the songs are coming from the seeker-friendly movement where there's so little word and it's fluff. And so what's going in is what's coming out. And so I was encouraging them. I was talking to them about, you know, if, to write powerful songs, it has to have word content. And if more word is going into you, more word has to come out of you. And for some reason, worship leaders and people on worship, team, worship uh, teams or whatever think that they don't necessarily need the word. They just have a gift. They can sing, they can play an instrument, and they want to operate on the gift. No, you have to operate on the word. The word has to be going into you for it to be coming out of you. So the word of God is very important. That's why we don't hire unbelievers here and pay them money to come play after they played in some nightclub on a saturday night and they come no i kid you not you go around sunday morning some of the big churches around you'll find people that are not even saved playing on the worship team and they pay them to play and they finish playing they go out and smoke a cigarette and then they come back for the ending because they do their set list and then while the preaching is they're outside in the parking lot smoking a cigarette or on the phone doing whatever they're doing and then at the end, they come back, you know, for the ending song to play. That's why we don't pay people to play here. There's no pay, pay to play. It's a worship. It is a service to the Lord. Just like we don't pay an usher. We don't pay a greeter. We don't pay musicians. What, why, are they, why are they special? And that's, been the, that's the problem in America, building a worship team. Because they're all used to being paid. And they go to the highest bidder. It's a privilege and an honor and a responsibility to stand on that stage to lead people in worship. And if you are not a clean vessel, you're going to be brought down. I'll take the mic right out of your hand if you're not a clean vessel. Will not hesitate one bit. I'll play Spotify and just do worship that way then have a bunch of unclean people on the stage. Amen. Don't play the games. I don't know how we got on that one. All right. 
the word in. Okay, so let's talk about faith. Okay, so how does faith grow? We talked about you got to hear the words, so just going to give me Matthew 4 and 4. But he answered and said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Right? Jesus said, the words I've spoken to you, they are spirit and they're life. So, obviously, he's talking about bread. Bread is about, or you can look at it, I, I like that. Man shall not be, live, be upheld or sustained by bread alone. So, bread is sustenance. Bread. Bread is like the staple food. Some cultures, if you haven't had bread, you haven't eaten. Turkey's like that. I mean, bread is everything. Some cultures, I mean, not necessarily bread, but like you go to, you go to, you go to the Far East, rice. They eat rice at breakfast, rice at lunch, rice at dinner. I mean, they don't eat rice. You can serve a steak. If they haven't eaten rice, they haven't eaten. They have to have rice. Amen. So, I mean, obviously bread represents sustenance. The most important, you know, feeding Man shall not live or be sustained by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So he's talking about spiritual bread. Jesus said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. I am the living bread. I am the living word. So the word of God is bread. So what's going to build up your spirit? The word of God. The word of God is what's going to uphold and sustain you. And feed your spirit and strengthen your spirit. And of course, when he means by every word that comes from the mouth of God, this is interesting. He's not saying by every word that's written on the paper of the Bible. Coming from the mouth means it's spoken. And somebody has to hear it. God has spoken a word. Will they hear it? Lord, who has believed our report? Who's going to listen to your word? People, people oh yeah, yeah, the word of God, yeah, whatever. Now you might, you know, as a pastor, I talk to people. People come to me, pastor, can I have an appointment date counseling? Okay, well, I'm, I'm not going to give you my opinion. I'm gonna, just going to tell you what the word of God says. And then that's it. And now you have to hear the word and there's no need to keep counseling and counseling and counseling if people won't just take the word and believe it and do it because certainly I'm not going to give you my opinion. Well, pastor, what do you think? Actually, I don't want to think about that. I want to just tell you what the word says because I'm not going to get in trouble with the Lord trying to give you my personal opinion because the word of God is not open to personal interpretation. So I'm not going to try to interpret it. I'll just tell you what the word of God says. And then it's your choice whether you're going to believe it and do it or not and then sometimes i'll tell people it's what the word says yeah pastor i know what that's what the word says but goats but sheep follow all of god's sheep say amen <laughs> let me hear it amen i know that's what the word says but I don't feel like doing it. Well, then counseling session is over. Well, what more am I going to say? Pastor, I'm not offended. Really? All I heard was offense for the last 30 minutes. 
you gave me a list of about 30 things you're offended with you're offended with this one that one this that and all I have oh but I'm not offended really out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks you just expose your offense I sat here listened to you for 30 minutes all I heard was what you're offended with who you're offended with why you're offended oh, I'm offended I'm offended and then they're like, but no no I'm not offended seriously you are offended please admit that you're offended no I'm not offended well I mean I can't help you you're offended and the only way out of offense is to admit it and repent from it and forgive and change no, I'm not offended okay well then what, what, what can I do nothing so don't fight the word receive the word okay so let's go to 2nd Corinthians 4 13 so we're talking about how to increase and release your faith that's the, the, the main thing I want to get to tonight how to increase and release your faith well we're, we're learning how to increase our faith we feed on the word of God we got to hear the more word you hear and the more obviously not with just your ears but with your heart the more revelation of the word of God you receive into your personal life see you can't live by my revelation You have to you can only live by your revelation I mean think about this the entire Bible is the written revelation of what about 40 44 different people heard over 1500 years 66 books are written because they received a revelation from God they recorded it but it's now on paper now you're reading it all of a sudden now it becomes your revelation See, you can't live by Paul's revelation. You can't live by Peter's revelation. You can only live by your own revelation. It's got to be real to you. Amen? And when it becomes real to you, it's like even though Paul heard it 2,000 years ago, even though Abraham heard it 3,500 years ago, when you hear it today, boom! something explodes on the inside of you and it becomes your revelation i got it i see it wow it's there it's mine and it's burning in me it's like that that day the fire guy hit me and i knew that i knew that i knew i have this treasure in an earthen vessel i took off running and i'm shouting i am rich i am rich i'm rich i just knew that i knew that i knew i will never lack i'm a rich man how much money you got in your bank account doesn't matter i'm a rich man what are you driving doesn't matter i'm a rich man it may not be manifesting right now but because you're walking by sight but I'm walking by faith but the day will come that riches on the inside of me are going to begin to manifest every single day you're going to see it manifest in every area of my life you watch my life for the next five years for the next 10 years for the next 20 years you shall see it but I don't need to see it to believe it because I got it it's in me it's there it exploded it's a part of me and I know that I know that I know so now I'm walking by faith you're still walking by sight you're saying, well, I don't see it. I don't have to see it to believe it. I got it. It's in me. 
It's mine. I know who I am. That's faith. And then you walk it out. And sometimes God will drop something in your spirit. It'll explode. It's, not, it's like you have to walk it out for the next 5, 10 years. And think about this. I mean, we got a word. Go to West Palm Beach. Start the River Church. I picked up everything. Seven suitcases. Not everything. Seven suitcases. I left everything. I picked up seven suitcases. My wife, at the time, my 12-year-old daughter, took a one-way flight to Miami, coming to a city where nobody knows us because we had a word from the Lord. And we're still walking it out. Five years later, we're still walking it out. And everything that I saw in my spirit is starting to happen. And there are things that I saw in my spirit that still hasn't happened. And it's going to happen. So, I mean, there's just things that you're going to walk out for the rest of your life concerning your calling. There are other things, you know, could be boom that day, boom that week, boom that month. Other things could be throughout that year. Other things, it's like a lifelong thing. You're running the heavenly race, man. You're walking this thing out. What the, what the Lord dropped in your spirit, it came like a download, boom, but it's like a whole book. Now you got to live it out. But you know it because it's in your spirit. You have it. Does that make sense? Do you understand this? Hallelujah. Okay. So, let's look at this. And since we have the same spirit of faith, so you can see, faith is a spirit. Faith is a muscle. Faith is a spirit. Having the same spirit of faith. What is he talking about? People that saw great things manifest throughout the Bible. What is written? I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. So what is the spirit of faith? Believing God's word and speaking God's word is the spirit of faith. When you, that's why, see it's not enough just to believe it. You have to also speak it. You have to also speak God's word. It's not, it's not enough to believe. Well, I believe it but I'm not seeing any manifestation because you're not speaking it. You can believe that God's healed you, but you have to speak it to see it, the healing to manifest in your body. It's not enough to believe alone. See, you don't get saved just by believing. You get saved by believing and confessing. If you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord, and if you will believe in your heart that God raised, from, raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So there's that believing with the heart, and then there's that speaking confessing with the mouth that is the spirit of faith having the same spirit of faith just like the men and women of God of all that we see in the Bible they had that spirit of faith amen but you can also have a spirit of fear you believe CNN and you speak CNN I hear people oh you're speaking CNN I speak faith I don't understand CNN. I speak faith. I don't speak CNN. I don't speak BSNBC. I don't speak that. I don't speak that language. I don't speak sickness. I speak healing. So if somebody comes speaks sickness to you, that's like speaking Chinese. Well, maybe you're Chinese, but if you're not Chinese, you don't understand. 
I don't speak that language. You speak in sickness. They come speak poverty. I don't speak poverty. I speak prosperity. Amen. See, we're not even on the same language. We're not in the, we're not in the same wavelength. I don't... I, hello? 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 What? 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 They speak in poverty, sickness, defeat. Oh, sorry, I don't understand. What? What? But if they come speaking healing, speaking prosperity, speaking faith, hey, you speak in my language. We have the same spirit. See, people come around you, they have a different spirit. They have a spirit of fear. We have the same spirit. And when you find people that have the same spirit of faith, boom, your spirit connects with that person. And then all of a sudden, it's like you... You, you begin to walk together. How can two walk together unless they're in agreement? And there's an agreement that comes. There's a connection that happens in your spirit. It's like you're just drawn to that. And then others repel. They come around speaking religious garbage, poverty, lack, fear, offense, bitterness. Ah, my spirit just... You know that, right? Your spirit just rejects it. That's why like... You, you feel sick in your spirit. Yuck. I need to get away from this person and go take a bath. And the Bible talks about, I can't remember the scripture, but having like faith. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. See, those who have obtained, it, it wasn't given to them. It didn't just, you know, it, they weren't born with it. They obtained it. They appropriated, they appropriated that faith, that having the same spirit of faith. To those who have received, there you go, obtained an equal privilege of like precious faith with ourselves in and through the righteousness of God and Savior Jesus Christ. So those that have obtained the same and or received or obtained or cultivated by hearing the word of God, the same kind of faith, the God kind of faith, like faith, precious faith. Give me Jude 20. I'm off script already, but find me Jude 20 because I want to show you something about faith. So you can see now those that are like faith, and then there's others. If they have a spirit of fear, it's not the same. Ah, it's, just, it's a different spirit. And some people have a religious spirit. Ugh. And the Holy Ghost to me is like, ugh. Ugh. Get away from me. Jude 20. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith or your precious faith, praying in the Holy Spirit or praying in the Spirit. So you can build up. See, you can see you can build your faith just like you build a house. People trying to build a career. No, you got to build a, your faith. They're trying to build a ministry. No, build your faith. I'm trying to build a business. No, build your faith. And then you'll build the business. Okay. But you, beloved, building yourselves up, founded on your most holy faith. Make progress. 
I'm trying to make progress in life, but your faith is not growing. That's why you're stuck spinning wheels. When your faith grows, you're going to have progress in your life. Okay? Rise like an edifice, higher and higher. See? Faith to faith, higher and higher, growing faith, increasing in faith. What kind of faith? Holy, precious, like faith, the God kind of faith. That's based on God's word, believing God's word, speaking God's word, having that same spirit of faith. Okay? You see that? So, so that means you can have little faith. That's why Jesus said, Luke 12, 28, If then God so clothed the grass which is to this day in the field and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will, you, will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? Ye of little faith. You worry about your life. You worry about what you're going to be clothed with. What you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, what you're going to... If, you, if you're worried about your life, don't you know your heavenly father loves you? And if he adopted you as a father, he would be a weak, wicked, evil father if he didn't provide for you. Only wicked, evil fathers neglect their children. Not your heavenly father. He knows what you need. Why do you worry, ye of little faith? So if you're living in that realm of, I uh, just... I'm just believing God for my daily bread, then it's, doesn't, it's little faith. It's, it is faith, but it's little faith. I didn't say it, so don't get offended with me. Pastor Corey said, I have little faith. I didn't say that. If you're worrying, Jesus said you have little faith. So somebody's, about, somebody's repenting right now. I'll let you deal with that. I'll let you do business with God right now. Talk to Jesus. Okay. So little faith, you can have little faith, or you can have great faith. Again, I'm not, you don't have to put this up. Um, um, or um, Matthew 14, when, um, when, the, when the disciples, 22 through 31, just read it, when the disciples were in the boat and, you know, and a storm breaks out and they're all troubled saying, oh, we're going to die. And then they wake up Jesus, and then he rebukes the wind. Okay, and then verse 31, immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand. and uh, Oh, that's actually Peter walking on the water when he began to sink. Jesus reached out, caught him, and said to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? Okay. You of little faith, why did you doubt? So Peter said, Lord, if that's you, tell me to come. And Peter jumps out of the boat he's walking on the water he's looking at Jesus all of a sudden he takes his eyes off of Jesus he's looking at the wind the, the waves and then he gets fearful and he begins to sink Jesus reaches out his hand that means he, think about this he was so close that Jesus could reach out and grab him he was probably one more step away from Jesus but he began to doubt come on somebody some of y'all just one step from getting to that place that God has for you and you at the last minute you're doubting and you begin to sink come on somebody if Jesus said come faith came because you heard he said and then you started walking on the water why did you forget that he said come and you now you're looking at the wind you're looking at the waves you're looking at the circumstances and you're starting to sink and then Jesus grabs him 
and says, why did you doubt, ye of little faith? So doubt caused his faith to weaken. He had great faith when he stepped out of the boat, walking on the water, going to Jesus, and he goes, wait a minute, the wind, waves, and then he forgot about Jesus and what he said to him, and now he's sinking. He went from great faith to little faith. Or from faith to doubt. So you've got to be consistent. You can't be up and down. Faith one day, doubt the next day. Faith one day, doubt the next day. You've got to be consistent. Amen. And when you listen, when you face a challenge, you think you're going to face any challenges? Who, who's faced any challenges? Who might be facing some challenges again in the near future? That's fine. What's happening? The testing of your faith. Do you believe? Will you be consistent? See, David faced a big challenge, Goliath. But he remembered, he says, you know what? The same God that helped me when I took the lion and the same God who was with me when I took the bear. Hallelujah. Today I'm going to take out Goliath. So you have to look back and remember. You're still here today. Did he ever let you down? No. Ye of little faith, why did you doubt? So doubt will weaken your faith. And that's why it says Abraham, when he saw the circumstances, the deadness of Sarah's womb, that he was getting up there in age, the Bible says he did not grow weak in faith, but he remembered the promises. Knowing that God who promised is the one who calls those things which be not as though they were. Remembering the promise, he grew in faith instead of growing weak in faith. So when you face circumstances that are contrary to what God promised you, you're going to have one or two choices. You're either going to grow weak in faith by looking at the circumstances, or you're going to grow stronger in faith by remembering what God spoke to you. See, faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. Fear comes by hearing, hearing the circumstances and the naysayers and the devil's lies and everything that he'll try to throw at you. See, circumstances also have a voice. You bet the wind had a, had a, had a, had a voice. The waves had a voice. He could hear them also. You ever been in a storm? can get pretty loud. Goliath had a voice. He would come out and shout every day, and the entire army was in fear, and they'd go hide behind the bushes. How did, how did Goliath, one as big as he was, how did one man, as tall as he was, and some say it was, he was 10 feet, to the, so basically to the top of that screen, 11 feet or whatever that is. So still one man. Their whole army. How did one man, even as big as he was, gain an advantage and have dominion over an entire army? By shouting at them. He come out and shout, and then they all go scared, uh, go hide. And here comes David from the youth group. All the adult churches, the adult church is hiding behind the bushes. Here comes David from the youth group. 
He goes, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And then he says, she shouts to him, today I'm going to take you out. I'm going to cut off your head and feed your carcass to the birds of the air. And he starts running to him with his sling shouting, never run against your giant with your mouth closed. Come on, somebody. You better be shouting to whatever giant you're dealing with. Whatever mountain, you have to speak to that mountain. That's the spirit of faith. If you don't speak, your faith will not be engaged. Because somebody else will speak. Circumstances will speak. So you want to make sure that you don't have weak faith. So your faith can be weak or strong. It can be small or great. So we know that faith is measurable. In Matthew 8, there's the story of the centurion. Just to summarize it, you know, the centurion, basically a Roman officer comes to Jesus, says, my servant lies sick. Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. And the man says, you don't need to come. Just say a word. And then Jesus is marveled. He says, I have not seen such great faith in all of Israel. He rebuked the, the Jews for having little faith. Here comes a Roman officer having great faith. Why? Because he understood. He says, I'm a man under authority. I say to this one, go. He goes, do, he does. Amen. And then also I'm, I have men under my authority. And also I have commanding officers who give me commands. I go, do. So all you have to do is say a word. So he understood authority. Speaking with authority is how you have great faith. Worrying, doubting, little faith. Speaking with authority, great faith. Amen. Say this after me. I'm going to walk in great faith because I believe in the authority of God's word and the name of Jesus. I'm going to believe it and I'm going to speak it no matter what anybody says. Or what the circumstances say I refuse to believe them I believe God's Word and I speak God's Word I have the same spirit of faith okay all right so let's run through these in closing um, so faith is measurable right it can be strong it can be weak okay I mentioned about Abraham uh, Romans 419 and not being weak in faith Consider not his own body now dead. 99 years old. When he was about almost 100 years old. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. So what? He did not what? He did not consider the natural circumstances. And then grow weak in faith. He remembered God's promise. Spoke God's promise. He grew stronger in faith. Okay. Uh, Romans 4, 19 and 20. And then verse 20 says... He staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief. Yes, okay. So he did, not, he did not weaken in faith when he considered the utter impotence of his own body, which was as good as dead because he was almost 100 years old. Or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's deadened womb. So if you think about it, I mean, it's impossible. In the natural, if you, if you consider it, it's, it would be impossible. But he did not weaken in faith. Because he did not consider the natural. 
But 20 says, verse 20, look at this one. But what happened? No unbelief or, or distrust made him waver. Doubtingly question. Because what is doubt? Questioning. Questioning God's word is what doubt is. The questionings that come. How did Eve fall? Question God's word. The enemy came, caused her to question God's word. Hath God really said? He didn't really say that. You won't die. Go ahead and eat. So the moment the doubt, the questioning came, questioning caused her to doubt God's word and then act against God's word. And then, of course, then it was over. Okay, so the enemy will come to try to put question marks in your head. To question what God promised in his word. Or it could be something specific that he spoke to you. That you know that he, this is what he called you to do. You step out and then all hell breaks loose. And then you begin to doubt, wait, wait a minute, did God really call me to do this? Yes, he did. Amen. You get married and then you have issues in your marriage. Anybody ever have issues in their marriage? Not mine. Mine's perfect. I've never had one issue in 25 years. Not one issue whatsoever. She's perfect. And I'm imperfect, so it's, she's always right. And that's it. There's no issue. Yeah, my marriage is perfect. We never had any issues. Not once. Not one argument ever. Yeah, right. But no, you, have, you end up issues and then you, man, I married the wrong person. I made a mistake. Da, 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 da. The enemy will come. Try to divide. You start a business. Start to grow and then you, you hit a bump in the road. And then the, the thoughts, the questions come. Yeah, listen, the questions are going to come. You cannot entertain those questions because what's going to happen is it's going to cause you to waver, doubtingly question. The questions are going to cause you to doubt. Doubt will begin to creep in and you'll begin to waver if you listen to that. But what happened, no doubt or distrust made him waver, doubtingly question concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong in faith, right? And was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. So you're going to either consider the natural circumstances, things that are contrary, things, and then it's going to cause doubt to come in and questionings and waver, and then it's going to cause you to grow weak in faith, or you're going to go the other way. You're going to remember God's promise. You're going to stand on God's word, and you're going to say, I refuse to believe anything other than God's word and what God spoke to me. I'm going to stay the course. This is it. I'm going to walk by faith, not by sight. This is it. I'm, I'm pressing in. I'm going through this thing. I'm going to believe God. I'm not going to waver. And not, but that, Then you're going to grow strong in faith. Okay? So this is the key, guys. This is it. I mean, if you get one thing out of this night, get this. Don't question God's word and don't allow the enemy to bring the questions into your mind. And you begin to entertain those questions, you're in trouble because it will shake you. Okay? Is this helping anybody here tonight? Say this after me. I will not waver concerning the promise of God. I will not allow doubtful questions to creep in. I will not entertain those thoughts. I will reject those thoughts. 
I will remember God's promises. I will believe God's word. I'll speak God's word. I will continue to grow strong and will be empowered by faith. I'll give praise and glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's look at the other kinds of faith that's mentioned in the, in the word of God. We got James chapter 2 verse 5. Listen, my beloved brethren. I like that. Listen, my beloved brethren and sisters. Has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith? So there's, you can have rich faith. And in their position as believers and to inherit the kingdom which he has promised to those who love him. Come on somebody. Rich in faith. They mock us. They think we're crazy. They think we're the foolish things of the world. They think they're so wise. But God takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And those that the world mocks and rejects and laughs at, we're actually rich in faith. And in our position as believers, we're going to inherit the kingdom of God while they go straight to hell. And listen, I'm sorry to say, but there's going to be some people you're going to have to say to them, if you're not going to heaven with me, I'm not going to hell with you. I'm serious. Some people, they're just, they're just not going to ever get it. You're going to love them sometimes from a distance. And you're going to have to separate yourself at some point if you really want to continue to move forward. Because they just don't want to go there. As much as you love them and God loves them, sometimes they just won't do it. Come on, you know that. You know what I'm talking about. It breaks your heart, but it's the truth. I mean, look at Judas. He walked with Jesus. He was one of the 12 disciples. And look at what happened to him. Paul says that there was one that left him. Because he loved the world more than, you know, so there's going to be some people like that. And there's going to have to come a separation. Because if you can't stay with them and stay in faith. It's the truth. And as much as, and sometimes it could be very, very close family members. But you're going to have to choose the walk of faith. To be rich in faith and look, let's look at this one acts 6 and 5 acts chapter 6 and 5 and the suggestion pleased the whole assembly and they selected stephen a man full of faith a man full of faith a strong and welcome belief that jesus is the messiah and full of and controlled by the holy ghost so full of faith and full of the holy ghost see you can full of faith you can be empty of faith you can be full of fear. That's why we say, ah, that man's full of fear. Ah, that man's full of pride. That man's full of lust. That man's full of jealousy, envy. That man's full of bitterness. See, you can see because there's a manifestation. You can see what people are full of. So you want to make sure that people see that you are full of faith. I mean, how would you know it? There's no way like you can't stick something and measure the level of faith. Is there a faith faith? meter faith a meter that you can stick into somebody's spirit no but you can see faith it manifests in the person's life in the way they speak in the way they live you know that the person is full of faith and follow the holy ghost yeah and 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 this is a guy that picked to serve tables in, in the ministry of helps all the ministry of helps needs to be full of faith and full of the holy ghost amen so Stephen was called to serve tables because there was a, you know, complaint from the certain widows that were not getting food or whatever. And then 
he's, he's picked. Well, you better be full of faith and Holy Ghost if you're going to go around a bunch of complaining widows. <laughs> I'm sorry to say, but... <laughs> sorry, sorry. Bad pastor, bad pastor. Okay, sorry. I repent. All right. And then it says after that, Stephen then started to do signs, wonders, and miracles among the people. All right. Next one. So you can see he was full of faith. Go to James 2 and 22. I like this one. James 2 and 22. All right. Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect. So this is perfect faith. So what makes your faith perfect? Action. Obedience. You believe, you speak, and then you act on it. And that's what makes faith perfect. This amplifies as you see that his faith was cooperating with his works. That means his faith lined up with his action. Don't tell me you have faith, but then you have no works, you have no action. Faith without works is dead. And his faith was completed and reached its supreme expression when he implemented it by works, good works. So what is perfection is actually completion, maturity. Perfect faith is you've acted on what you believe, which is the word of God. Now you're not just a hearer of the word, but also a doer. Because you hear it, faith comes. Then when the faith comes, there's a demand on you to act on what you heard. Then that's when your faith is made perfect. So perfect faith is someone that actually does what they're supposed to do. Okay? Go to 1 Timothy 1.5. I got three more of these. 1 Timothy 1.5. Now the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart from a good conscience and from sincere faith sincere faith or an unfeigned faith whereas the object and purpose of our instruction and charges love which springs from a pure heart and a good or clear conscience and sincere or unfeigned faith so for your faith to be sincere and unfeigned you need to have a pure pure heart because faith is in your heart and if your heart is corrupted or messed up it's gonna mess up your faith and to have a sincere or unfeigned faith what is a sincere faith unfeigned faith that means you're not you're not double you're not living a double life you're not a hypocrite you're not believing one thing and doing something else your faith is sincere you do what you believe and what you say. That means your words and your actions match. And there's an integrity there. Integrity of the heart. That your Integrity means that your heart is not divided. It comes from the word integer. What is integrity? Your heart that cannot be divided. Because integer is a number that can't be divided. Like one, three, five. Those numbers cannot be divided. Your heart cannot be divided. If your heart is divided, what does that mean? It's double-minded. Double Other things are competing in your heart. And so there's a war going on in your heart. That your heart is sincere. You have a clear, good conscience, a pure heart. It's solid. You have, a, you have integrity in your heart. Your heart cannot be divided. 
they can give you hundred million dollars and you won't be moved can I give you a hundred million dollars to deny Jesus the temptation will come to some people sometimes it won't be a hundred sometimes it's a hundred bucks for some people I don't know what to say but Jesus the devil took Jesus to a high place said if you bow before me I'll give you everything you see all the nations and Jesus said no I will only serve God and him alone so when the temptation comes to pull your heart away from the things of God it could be money it could be success it could be a relationship it could be the wrong person whatever it could be you've got to make sure that your faith is sincere unfeigned not divided not shaken something is not going to pull your heart away from the things of God and people get tempted in this I'll tell you every single person will be tempted in this because one of the temptations that the enemy will bring to every believer to see if he can move them off the path okay and before somebody moves off the path their hearts already moved so we see it later that remember we see it later I mean Judas his heart had already moved his heart had already moved because of the money and Jesus knew it the disciples didn't know because he was still there he, he looked like he was doing the thing on the outside but his heart had already moved away and eventually Satan entered his heart so make sure that you protect your heart come on somebody this is so important to make sure that your heart doesn't move away from the things of God when we see people moving out of the church they've already it's already been a month or two or three their hearts already been moving something else has been coming maybe an offense or maybe this or maybe that or something else okay protect your heart protect your faith and then let's look at this one see this this shows us first Timothy 1 19 thank you holding fast to faith so it means you got to hold hold on to faith because the enemy will try to take it out of your hand so you better hold on how do you hold on to faith you hold on to the Word of God when he comes to try to shake you and take it out of your hand having a good clear conscience again the same thing by rejecting and thrusting from them their conscience some individuals have made a shipwreck of their faith some individuals have suffered shipwreck they sunk Peter began to sink when he began to doubt and Jesus says why did you doubt okay concerning the faith have suffered shipwreck so what happened having faith and a good conscience which some have rejected what is a good conscience nothing there's no blame in you conscience is the voice of your own heart okay clear a good conscience means when you check your heart it doesn't condemn you you have a clear conscience you know like man my heart's right I have a clear conscience I haven't wronged anyone okay but some have rejected having a clear conscience because your conscience is the voice of your own heart and if your conscience is not clear you have something you're hiding something in there that's going on and nobody knows but you know it it bothers you doesn't it it bothers your conscience and when your conscience is bothered 
it's going to shipwreck your faith. You got to protect your heart. And some reject it. And concerning the faith have suffered shipwreck. So we don't want to see this to happen. Okay? To anyone. And then, which we've looked at this, but 1 John 5, 4. In closing, maybe. <laughs> Overcoming faith. Faith that overcomes the world. Overcoming faith. So you can have faith that overcomes victory. So all of these verses that we looked at proves that faith is measurable. You can have little faith, great faith. You can have strong faith, weak faith. You can have shipwreck faith or overcoming faith. Perfect faith unfeigned faith you can be full of faith or you can be full of doubt or you can be half full of faith half full of something else and that's a bad mixture so god demands faith of all of us as believers and if god says it's without faith it's impossible to please him then god's demanding that we have faith when it's impossible even when it's impossible for us to have faith we have a right we would have a, you know, uh, if God demanded that we have faith when it's impossible for us to have faith, then we would, he would be lying. So he says we can have faith. So don't say, I just can't have faith. Don't believe that. That's a lie. That's doubt. You already have doubt creeping in. A pastor, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm just not strong in faith. Then build your faith. Pray in tongues, pray in the spirit, and then dig, it, dig deep in the word and build your faith. Okay? To grow in faith, you must start right where you are. Right where you are. Okay? You can't start climbing a ladder at the top. You got to start climbing at the bottom. Some of you just taking the first step on the ladder. Some of you halfway up the ladder. Some of you climb. Just keep going. You got to keep growing. You got to keep growing. Faith has to be fed and developed in order for it to grow. And it takes time. And it takes effort. It's a process. You don't arrive overnight. It's okay. Start where you're at right now. Start building your faith now today. Some are further along. But you know what? Just because you're further along doesn't mean you've arrived. You keep going and you keep going and you keep going and you keep going. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, my prayer is that we all have a spirit of faith in this place. And then today, many things have been rooted out of our lives. We take authority over every doubt, unbelief, every questioning, every reasoning that the enemy will try to bring. Some, the enemy have been trying to shake them, get them to waver. Tonight, we stand strong. We will not be shaken. We will not be moved. We're going to have unfeigned faith. We're going to have unshakable faith. We're going to have strong faith. We're going to keep growing in faith. We reject every lie of the enemy. We reject the questionings. We reject the reasonings. We reject the doubt, the unbelief that will try to creep in. 
and we stand on God's word, we believe God's word, we speak God's word, we have the spirit of faith, and our faith is perfected because we act on what we believe and what we speak, and what we believe and what we speak and what we act upon all lines up. And we thank you. We thank you. And I just thank you that whatever your people are dealing with, there are some mountains. <laughs> there are some Goliaths. And the enemy's been trying to convince them that it's impossible to move that mountain. Enemy's been trying to convince them, Lord, that it's impossible to take out that Goliath. These are lies. We expose them. We expose them tonight. We say, devil, you're a liar. Devil, you are a liar. Let God's word be true. Let God himself be true. And let every man be a liar. All doubt and unbelief is getting rooted out. Shame and guilt. Condemnation which hinders our righteousness, our faith is being rooted out. Because we've learned that knowing our righteousness in Christ is what empowers our faith. This is the confidence that we have, knowing that we are right with God, that we've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you for tuning into my podcast. I hope that you have been blessed. I would like for you to consider two things. Number one, subscribe to our show to receive notifications of our new podcasts. Number two, support our ministry of reaching the nations with revival by clicking on the link in the description or visiting our website, riverwpb.com. Thank you for tuning in. Look forward to you joining our next podcast. God bless you.